Welcome back to Since Nobody Asked. I'm Megan Kevity. Happy Spicy Wednesday. I did something extra spicy the other day and I quit my job. <laughs> um, I knew I've wanted to quit for a while. I've been kind of scheming and planning. And uh, I'm just going to dive right the fuck in because it's kind of a whole thing. But just to give kind of a little bit of a timeline recap, I moved to Chicago because I was escaping a nine to five in Texas. I was like literally wanted to bash my head into a brick wall every single day. So I was like, fuck this. I don't want to, I don't know what I want to do with my life, but I know I don't want to do this. So I came here, worked a bunch of different jobs and figured out something I wanted to do. Um, I think I want to do a lot of different things with my life. It helps ease the pressure of what am I going to do with the rest of my entire life? Whenever I'm like, you know what? I would like to settle into this lifestyle where I could rotate between projects that I'm really passionate about um, and just have multiple streams of income and have a couple different careers in my life. (laughs) So I found something I wanted to do. I wanted to open a spin studio and I was working in nightclubs and I was a spin instructor and I think I was nannying still at the time. And I was like, okay, like this is going to take six months probably to raise capital for this. And I am on the brink. I cannot work in these nightclubs anymore. I just, and I had to quit the spin studio in order to open a spin studio. I had to get out of my non-compete. So I was bitching to my friend about this at a bar. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how much longer I'll make it in nightclubs. Like working till four or 5 AM is just a fucking lot. And, um, he was like, come work for my company. I'm a recruiter. So I ducked into a corporate sales job. And the only reason I really accepted that position, because I was like, I'll never do a nine to five again. And they were like, well, if you're on the Southern California team, you actually come in at 10 AM and leave at 7 PM because you're on Pacific standard time. And I was like, Ooh, I fucking like that because listen, there's nothing I love more than fucking around in the morning. Like I would still wake up at six, go to spin and just dilly dally around all morning. Like I love an aimless walk where I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go get coffee and just like walk until I stumble into a coffee shop. Like it's, I I love that kind of a chaotically free (laughs) morning. It's just come home, make a nice breakfast and, you know, just kind of float through the day and then get to work at 10. So I did that and I mean, I started that in December of 2019. So I got in just into the, the timing was not lost on me. How incredibly lucky I got that I got into that in time that um, when COVID hit, first of all, that spin studio completely evaporated overnight. Like that was not no longer a thing once COVID hit. That was a big, big bummer. Um, and then I was furloughed almost right away. The whole sales floor was furloughed. So I was like, okay, this sucks, but I think about this all the time. I have no idea what I would have done if I was in the fitness industry and the service industry when that all happened. Like my industries completely became irrelevant and were two of the first things to go. So I don't know what I would have done. I I really don't. I don't know if I would have had to move back in with my parents or something. Like I, I really don't know what I would have done. So I'm very, very lucky that I got into that. Then I went into, I got a job at a staffing firm because I knew someone and like low key because I crushed the interview and I'm very good at sales. So having recent corporate sales experience helped me get that. So it all kind of like was woven together really perfectly. And the staffing company I worked for was truly really great. Like I, the more I got into the company and learned their culture and got to meet people 
I really was like, I can't believe I landed this job. <laughs> and um, it was very brutal. Um, I've talked before on here about how I was actually fired from this job. And I literally have been too scared to tell the story until now. Because now that I'm out of the corporate world, I feel like I can more freely talk about it. Um, so I'll get into that later. But um, got fired. And I called the company I was at before the pandemic because they had asked me back a few months prior. They're like, hey, since you have uh, staffing experience, we need recruiters. Will you come back? And I was like, no, like I really want to make it work at this company. But thank you. I'm so flattered, blah, blah, blah. And then I called them. I was like, hey, listen, I only told like a few people, but my manager, I was like, hey, like just so you know, I was fired. She was like, okay. Like, when when do you want to start? And I was like, honestly, tomorrow would be great. So they really helped me out and they were cool about it. And they knew that I would be a good asset to the team. You know, they valued me as someone to add on. So that felt good. And again, I was really grateful. Um, but I did just go back into my loop of like, dang, I hate the nine to five so much. Like, it really just, it doesn't matter who I'm working for or what the job is. It really doesn't. I just get wildly uninspired in these kind of in this kind of structure um I know it works for a lot of people so I don't totally don't want to like shit on it but for me it just does not work I felt so strongly like I wasn't supposed to be there and I started getting these horrendous stress headaches like I full transparency I actually googled um not to make light of this but I have like I mean I was just anxious and didn't make couldn't make sense of it but I literally had such bad headaches I googled like brain tumor symptoms I was like these headaches do not make sense which was a little bit of a WebMD rabbit hole I tried to I kind of have a rule for myself that I'm not allowed to google symptoms unless I'm like on the phone with a friend because <laughs> I'll kind of spin out and be like wait what but I had one night where I was like okay wait like I know it's not but what does a brain tumor look like because these headaches are fucking insane so then I was like, you know what? I really think I'm just stressed. And then I started looking around at my apartment and I was like, dude, like the clutter is getting out of control. And I would look at it and be like, okay, yeah, I, I like will feel so much better when I just get all this reorganized and, you know, relift my place into uh, where it all should go. And I just could not get myself to do it. Like I was so exhausted all the time mentally. And Here's a bit of information that really no one asked for, but I did not have a period for like six or seven months. It was kind of wild. And like, <clears throat> I've not been super sexually active during COVID. I'm going to be totally honest. Um, so I wasn't worried about being pregnant. There was like one time where I was like, wait, bitch, am I fucking pregnant? And um, I was not. I was like, I had no symptoms of pregnancy, except I just literally had no period. And my body just felt so off. Like, I've worked really hard to not focus maniacally on weight loss, but I genuinely have been working out really hard since like November. I've been going to strength training workouts five times a week. Like I wake up early. I was doing doubles. I would wake up and do spin at my house and then I would go to a strength training workout. Like I would do that a couple times a week just to kind of like get my body, but like get back in tune with my body. And um, I just was gaining weight, which didn't make sense to me. I eat really pretty intuitively. I wasn't like the food I was eating didn't make sense. I just couldn't stop gaining weight. And I was like, okay, so all these things put together my place. I cannot even get myself to get it together. It is so cluttery. I cannot even believe um, these headaches are 
truly so bad. Like they would last for like 10 to 12 hours and it wouldn't always go into a migraine. Like it only went to a migraine once or twice. And those are, oh my God, so, so bad. I, I feel so bad for people who have migraines all the time. Those are excruciating. Um, it, it just, it, it, I didn't understand it until I dialed it back enough because I saw this thing on Instagram. It's been shared so many times that I would share the source, but like, I don't even know who the source is, but it said, my mental health changed drastically when I stopped looking at my life and said, saying, why am I so lazy? And I switched my mindset to why does my body need so much rest right now? Literally, I saw that and I was like, ooh, bitch, like I need to change this perspective. And I just kind of took a step back and I was like, I am very stressed out. I know every single day when I go to this job that I don't really care about it. I'm kind of just faking my way through things, which is, I think, normal. Like, I don't think it's that novel to not like a nine to five and to be kind of feeling like you're faking things. But I just, I felt very... I had such cognitive dissonance all the time. It was just really exhausting. I was literally a recruiter and had to sell all the time how much, how, how anyone should come and work for that company. And I was like, it has nothing to do with the company. I just wanted out. And so I was like, this is exhausting. Like literally trying to get people to do something that is exhausting me. Um, and it was just, I had to come to terms with the fact that I was like, I need to get out of the nine to five. Wow. Say nine to five one more time, girl. So I started scheming and this part's kind of complicated to explain, but I just started figuring out other revenues of income. One of my good friends. Okay. So I used to be an apartment locator when I was in Dallas. I was really, really good at this. I loved it so much. I was actually an apartment locator before that was my job. Like I moved to downtown Dallas or uptown Dallas and I wanted all my friends to move there. So I would literally go on tour with them. And I started going to this one place so much that they, the leasing agents would give me the keys and be like, here, show them around. I was like, you bet. So I was doing that before it was even my job. And I started, um, I didn't understand it. Like I literally interviewed for the company I worked for, for a couple years. But in my initial interview, I was like, listen, I totally don't mean to be um, crass, but is this a scam? Like, I don't understand how this is a free service. And I feel like a lot of people don't. Literally, if you are looking for an apartment, unless you live in like New York, you have to pay a broker's fee and things like that. I think maybe also in New Jersey, but pretty much everywhere else, it is a completely free service. It's mind boggling. All these apartments are competing against each other to be like, we are the best granite. We have the most sparkling pool, the most state of the art fitness center. Like it's a lot of the same overlapping amenities, floor plans that kind of look the same, but the apartment locators are the one who know the inside scoop on like, hey, bitch, the walls here are thin. Do not sign a lease here. Or like, hey, like every apartment has bad reviews on Yelp because people do be staying mad. But this one you really need to take seriously. Like I've had many clients live here. They hate it. Like I I don't recommend this property. Um, things like that. Like it um, locators will help you figure that out. It truly is free. Um, but the apartment complex pays the locator commission, um, because again, you are leading them to their building instead of the hundreds of other buildings that basically all look the same. (laughs) So I, uh, a bunch of my friends still do that in Texas. And I just was jealous of a friend who had something really awesome going on for her. And I was like, 
God damn it. Like I felt myself get into a really nasty, jealous place. And I was like, not happy for her about something. And I was like, ooh, I don't want to be that person. So I literally Googled how to not be jealous of your friends <laughs> and all this stuff about abundance mindset came up and it was, which is basically the concept that there's room for every single person to be successful. Like it's not like a limited source of success in this world and um, it all bounces off of each other and you can be inspired by people around you who are having great things happening and it's, you know, choose to, choosing to be inspired instead of jealous is a definite mindset shift. So I was like, all right, beach. First of all, I'm going to shake this bad attitude because that's not going to get me fucking anywhere. And I was like, I'm just going to admit to myself, I'll own this feeling instead of trying to squash it. I'm going to own that. I'm jealous. The locator life is fire. I miss that job so much because it's a 1099 contracting position. Cause you have to have your real estate license for it. So you're not a W2 employee. So legally it is they cannot, your broker or CEO or manager, they cannot make a meeting mandatory. You cannot basically be told what to do. It is illegal because it is at will employment. So I hate being told what to do and I love the freedom of that. And really I just, you can take as much, as many leads as you want. You can work as much as you want when you want. You know, you still have to like work with your clients on what works for them, but you have so much more autonomy over your everyday schedule. And I, it just felt like a job that was too good to be true. It felt like Peter Pan kind of never landy. And I was like, okay, I need to just grow up and get a nine to five and like climb the ladder. And like, that's just, I, I need to stop like playing around. I can't do this forever. And it just literally, I felt like I had to leave and do, I wanted to leave Texas also that, you know, there's a lot of reasons I left, but I, um, just, my dad, since I left that job, he's like, you have never been happier than when you were. I was like 23, 24, 25, the years that I was doing that. And it just was a great gig. And I was like, I can at least own this feeling. Instead of squashing it, I will own. I'm very jealous of all my locator friends. Like I'm in this nine to five where I wake up, no matter how early I get up, I always feel like I'm rushed to get there. And then I go through this day where I'm like, oh God, it just feels like it's, it's just grueling to pretend all day long. <laughs> and, um, and I get home, turn something on the TV, like make dinner, scroll Instagram and just like screen, screen, screen until I fell asleep every single night. And I have all these projects that I have on the side that I like, this is one of them that I care a lot about. And I believe in creating things and how much that really brings life to your days. And I felt like I had, I always had the time to do things like I would have my nights and weekends, but I never had the bandwidth. I was always like, Oh good. Like I was not in a space to create. And, um, I also have mentioned on, uh, one of the last episodes called panic spies, zig zig, ah, um, that I am kind of in, in the process of being diagnosed with a form of PTSD, which has been really rocked my world a bit. And so I have been having, to be honest, like nervous breakdowns a lot. And when I've had to really whittle down a lot of things in therapy to resurface a lot of shit and understand why I get so super fucking triggered and like kind of lose my shit. Sometimes it, there are these quiet explosions that feel like it's like my nervous system detaches from logic and, um, they're very stressful to get through. Um, it feels no matter how many times I tell my body like, Hey, it's fine. What you think is happening is not happening. 
I just can't stop feeling my heartbeat in my neck. Like I literally chew. Okay. This is maybe gross, but like I, when I'm stressed, I just like disconnect from my body. And like when I have to just kind of white knuckle it through something, like when I'm at work trying not to have a nervous breakdown, I was just white knuckling it so hard that I would come home and like unclench my jaw. And I would have, I was just biting my cheeks for like two hours at a time. And I literally had the most eye-opening one was I had a scar on the inside of my mouth from just like biting down on my cheek from stress. It literally lasted a week and a half. Like I barely could even eat food. It hurt so bad. And I was like, bitch, we got to change some shit. Like I, one of my VPs at work, I walked into his office just totally dead behind the eyes trying to hold in a panic attack all day. And uh, he was like, are you okay? And I was like, just completely burst into tears. Like it was beyond me. I felt very like raw and I was like, okay, I I need to like reel it in. I need to get control of my stress levels. So I kind of looked up some things and I was like, I wonder if I can locate in Dallas because locating apartment locating in Chicago is different. Um, you really have to have a car. You have to go with every client to the tour um, in order to get paid. In Texas, a lot of my friends say like, hey, most of my clients don't really want me to tour with them. They're more independent, but you really guide them through the entire process. But they're like, oh, I'll, I'll tour by myself. Um, so I was like, well, if, if you guys are not even touring a lot of clients, like, can I be doing this going back and forth to Dallas, like when, you know, kind of bushel some tours together, like once a month or things like that, the people who do need to tour, which are fewer and farther between. And I'm like, can I do this remotely? Is that, can I do that? Called, figured it out. They recently made it legal that you can operate as a Texas real estate agent without being a resident of Texas. And listen, Dallas is my fucking shit. Even when I was back a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, what's this apartment? What's that? What's this? I just love apartments. And like probably six months ago here in Chicago, one of my friends was moving and I connected her with one of my good girlfriends who does that here. Um, cause I tried to do it here for a little while and it's just, the market's different. I couldn't really connect to it. Um, but I, uh, we met up for drinks after they went touring. I almost asked to go touring with them. I was like, I want to see these. And we sat down and we were going through which one she should live in. And I was electrified by the conversation. Like I missed it's such a problem solving job that I really like the subject matter. I really like being like, Ooh, okay. This floor plan, because you have a desk, this one could go in that little cove, but you have to think about this because you wanted this kind of an Island, but it has a different one. But then also it's closer to your favorite bar. You know, like I love weighing all that with someone. And my friend was like, dude, I've not seen you this energized in a really long time. And cause I was again in a job that I did not like. And she's like, I, I've never seen you this energized by something. And I was like, oh man, like I miss it. So I looked it up. I tried to figure out, okay, like my license is inactive, but it was within two years. So I didn't even have to retake the real estate exam because bitch, I am such a horrible test taker. It's wild. When I was taking the SAT, like you, they, you, they give you a Scantron for the SAT and it has your name typed in on it, but you have to bubble your name in. I literally did not bubble my name in because I was so frazzled. Um, I just have a lot of like test anxiety and, um, I just always think I'm going to do something wrong. And I literally didn't bubble it in and I lost 200 points. Then when I was taking my ACT, that was the one that's 
like four sections and it's they're all 75 minutes. I literally remember the details because I was shooketh by this. So they're long sections and we were we had five minutes left. They were like, okay, five minutes, like start to wrap it up. And uh, I was literally I was not cheating. Cheating on tests would make me way more anxious. I just kind of glanced to be like, okay, I'm not really near the end. Is anyone else like, am I that far behind? And I was like, wait, why are everyone's answers higher on the page than mine? Like on the Scantron. I was fucking bubbling in the answers for section one in the section two part of the fucking Scantron. I started frantically erasing them like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. And like trying to put them in the first section. The, The moderator like noticed how frazzled I was. They literally asked if I was cheating and I almost got kicked out. I was like, I think I started crying. I was like, I promise I'm just fucking dumb. Like, please don't kick me out. I'm not cheating. Um, so tests are not my favorite thing. And the Texas real estate exam is, wow, so, so, so hard. I failed it twice, I think. And it's just, it's wild how much you have to know. So didn't have to retake the test. I've been kind of doing all the things I had to do to reactivate it, sending in the paperwork. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'll go back and forth from Dallas a little bit and I will have the freedom to do this as a job. And I was like, okay, but I, I, you know, it takes, it's a hundred percent commission. So I was like, I cannot just go two or three months without making money. Like I don't have that much savings, honestly. So I know you're supposed to have like three months, you know, of expenses saved, but I don't. And I'll just own that. So literally I was on my lunch break like a month ago and I was like, I got, I got to get out. Like I I can't, I cannot operate this stressed out all the time. So I went to a bunch of bars near my place and I was just like, Hey, like, can I work here? I had actually had an interview, um, at one, a place I go to all the time. And I was like, yeah, I was a bottle girl at blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, Oh, okay. And the entire conversation shifted and they're like, well, yeah, so we're not really like looking for anyone right now. I was like, uh, that's funny because the guy I talked to an hour ago said that you are looking for servers kind of desperately. So it was like such a uh, self-esteem blow. I was like, holy shit. Like I texted one of my friends in the service industry like, oh, my God, I have an interview here. Like his friend had just got a job there. So I was like, he's like, yeah, they're definitely hiring. And I was like, ooh, that just like tanked. And I honestly had to kind of like dust myself off from that. Kind of held my head high for a second, walked right across the street to another favorite bar of mine. And I was like, hey, can I work here? And I knew the bouncer because I was always cool with him. Like I'd walk by and see him on the street. and I was like, what's up, man? Like blah, blah, blah. And like we just I'm always I've always seen the value in being in with bouncers. They're always so cool and you want to be in with them. Um, So I just had made this connection with this guy and I was like, yo, can you like like what's going on? Do you guys need people? He said, follow me, just directly introduced me to the owner. And I had my interview right there and got the job. I was like, thank you so much. So I got that job. Like we had two new people starting on March 8th at on my team. And I wanted to time it right where, you know, my boss was out of town. Then I was out of town. So I was like, okay, listen, March 8th. I can quit because I'm not leaving anyone hanging. They have enough people on the team. Like I can kind of peacefully be like, yeah, I'm, I've made a decision to part ways. And I was like, no, you know what? I woke up that day. I had just taken five days off because I was going to a wedding. So I came back and I was like, all right, I do not like hating Mondays. I don't want to be this negative. I'm just going to go and I'm going to see how long I can make it. Maybe I can make it through the week. Like, you know, this is still a paycheck. And I was like, I'll maybe try to make it through the end of March. Bitch, I fully made it to 10 a.m. And I was like, 
hey, do you have a quick second to chat? <laughs> like talk to my manager, um, had to call my other boss in Manchester. And I was like, listen, I've just made a decision to move on. Everyone was incredibly supportive. I kind of even really opened up and said like, hey, listen, I have some mental health shit going on that I really need to take care of. Like that is the truly the main reason that I ducked out. I was like, I cannot be this stressed out all the time. I I don't recognize myself. All I'm doing is bitching and being negative. And like, that's one of my big red flags now is when I'm like, hey, hello, bitch. This is not who you is. Back it up. This is not. Mm -mm." So I kind of explained that to them and they all were wildly supportive, like very like, please take care of yourself, especially the one that I bald crying to just weeks prior. He was like, oh, no, yeah, please do really take care of yourself. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be fine, but I just got to get out. And so I was really grateful that everyone was so cool about it. And I started working at a bar two days later. And for anyone who doesn't know, like the service industry is really starting to pick back up. Um, you know, it's definitely more of a COVID risk, but it, it's kind of what I have to do right now. It's something that is pretty lucrative. I really forget how much money I used to make doing that. Um, so it's kind of weighing my options and listen, I was that Monday when I was in my office, I was like, bitch, you just, you got to make it through. Like, come on. I, I was so back and forth on like, is this a gut feeling or am I being compulsive? Like, I know I have a heart. I run from things. I know I try to escape things that feel too hard sometimes. Like if they, if I feel a certain type of mental pressure, I kind of bail and I was like, am I doing that or do I feel in my spirit and my gut that I need to exit this and I'm not supposed to be here? Like it was really difficult to decide and it's like something happened and I don't even remember what it was, but I just like something just, I, I, something struck me and I started getting one of those stress headaches again. And I was like, I literally have to listen to my body. Like my body is so rejecting the idea of me being here. It's wild. And I, I really was like, I don't know if I'm talking myself out of this or what, like, but I'm going to go with my gut. I was like 52% sure it was my gut, but like 48% sure that I was just like making the wrong call. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm working more on trusting myself. So I was like, I'm going to bank on that 2%. I need to trust myself. So I quit. And I had like kind of a panic that afternoon. I was like, fuck, am I going to run out of money? Like, what am I going to do? What did I just do? Did I make the wrong call? And I was like, nope. Okay. I'm going to have one freak out and then leave it. I'm going to toss it and just move forward. Sure enough. Like I said, I did not have a period for six or seven months. Got it two days later. Um, I don't really care if that's too much information for someone because that mattered a lot. Like it was such validation that I did the right thing by listening to my body. It was such an immediate release of stress. Not well, not immediately because that afternoon was kind of dicey, but I really just, I started going on more walks. I literally was able to mentally wake up to my place and be like, you know what? I'm going to take care of this. And I've been doing things around my place that I've been putting off for months. And like, I've been just taking better care of myself. And, uh, again, like I said, I always had the time to do this when I had my corporate job, like this corporate job was, I was not working 80 hours a week. It wasn't like some Goldman Sachs nightmare. Like I really, it was a pretty chill job. I, I must say it was not a very stressful job. I just could not handle the stress of knowing I was not supposed to be there. And so, you know, I never had, I always had the time 
to handle all these things. I could have gone on a walk every day. I could have handled all these things, but I never had the bandwidth. And it didn't come back right away, but it, it slowly was a gradual process. It felt just like coming back to myself. So, um, I'm kind of working a few gigs right now and I know that locating is a great gig and I'm excited to get back into that. It's so if you need an apartment in Dallas, hit a beach up. Um, I'm really kind of like getting myself back into the market and educating myself on things that I've missed since I lived there. And, um, I just literally love that shit so much. I cannot wait to help people find places and like literally have more reason to go see my, all my friends in Dallas and be there more. That's great. Um, I don't, I'm not, I will not be moving back to Dallas. It's kind of hard to explain. I just, I don't feel connected to living there. I love visiting, but this is kind of the best of both, best of both worlds for me that I can just have a reason to be doing business there. Um, so, you know, I'm going to be doing, um, working at bars and, uh, working on locating and kind of getting back into this. But I started to, again, connect back with myself as I was figuring out, should I quit this job? Should I what? And in that process, I have realized that, yes, I want to do these things for money. You know, I I like these jobs. Um, Working in a bar is not in and of itself that inspirational, let me tell you. But, you know, like life is still hard. I'm still about to have to work pretty hard for my money. Um, But it's just a different kind of hard. It's physically, oh my God, I literally forgot how hard it is to just be on my feet and stand and walk around for 10 to 12 hours at a time. Oof, girl, my legs are, my legs and feet, I completely forgot how my, how painful it is the first couple of weeks of conditioning back into it. And, you know, I mean, like people are assholes and like guys are still, literally I work at this casual bar where they're like, yeah, like kind of wear whatever you want. I was in a hoodie and leggings and a hat and guys still were, because I made a rule. I was like, I'm not going to work at a club again. Like I don't want to be in that environment. Guys were really gross to me when I did that. And I just, that, that was also really stressful. I, you know, didn't like that. And no matter what I'm wearing again, cause it's not women's fault the way that men treat women. Thank you. It's, um, I was in a hoodie and leggings and guys still were being kind of gross to me. Like that, that, that just happens everywhere. They do this thing where because you're their server, they, they reach out to try and ask you a question like, Oh, oh by the way. And they like put their hand on your hip and I'm like, excuse me, sir. And I have to like try to not be rude, but I'm like, um, <clears throat> and like on my first night, this guy was like, oh, here, pull down your mask. Let me see if you're pretty before I order from you or not. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like every job has its pros and its cons and its stressors. I cannot just like, I quit my job and now I have no stress. Like, but I have the freedom and the time to work through things like just two days ago, I was kind of trying to talk myself off a ledge of like kind of spiraling again over something that I'm like, okay, wait, my nervous system is shocked. I need to get back. I need to like breathe. I need to reconnect to my body and do all these things. I'm learning in therapy to get through these trauma response moments. And I was so, so glad that I had the time. It was a Monday morning and I was like, I do not have to be anywhere. Like I I had something like later that day and I was like, I have all day to really sit and work through this instead of fucking white knuckling it and making my cheeks bleed because I just can't deal. So, um, I, you know, it's, it's, everything's different. There's always going to be life stressors, but I feel so confident about my choice to move out of what I was doing. And, um, again, when I was connecting back to what I want to do, um, I started to realize 
something I want to create that's more long term, something that I can really build for myself. Because again, like locating, you really are basically working for yourself uh, more than not. You're under a broker, but you are working for yourself. And I was like, okay, what can I create that can give me a really long term version of that? I've always wanted to own a company one day. And like my whole life I've been like, I just have a pretty like entrepreneurial spirit. I kind of thrive on risk <laughs> and, um, I have always like literally a couple times a year, I'll call all my friends. I'm like, wait, I have this business idea and it's kind of crazy. Like I've been trying to reinvent the wheel my whole life. I'm like, wait, what, what if I did this? And all my friends are always like, you know, they try to be supportive, but they're like, um, I don't know if you can make like money doing that. Or like, I don't know logistically how that will work. I'm like, oh yeah fuck but I just I really want to start a company and like I just was kind of losing myself and like I just want to start a company but I I kind of dialed again dialed it back and I was like I think I just want to create something and I don't want to be some like huge CEO from like some why like big insane startup that just like grows like crazy I'm like I think I just I want to start a small business I want something that I can put into the world that I really believe in so um, a couple months ago I was looking for a puzzle and I was at like Target or something. And the only puzzles I could find were like puppies and kittens and stuff. And I was like, um, I'm really looking for more of like a vibey puzzle, you know, like one that can kind of maybe go with my apartment or just really cool graphic design. Like, and it would, they were all just kind of like nineties ish puzzles and you know, puzzles like that, that I'm looking for are out there. There's not it's not like there's no one doing that. But um, I was like, hmm, like I still can't find quite exactly the kind of puzzle I want to do. Um, I have this vision. It's hard to explain, but I really have a vision for the kind of puzzle I want. And I was like, this doesn't really exist. Then also um, kind of abstract, but it ties in um, a month ago, the Texas power grid system. We all found out across the country how absolutely fucked that entire thing was. Um, if you're not, if you don't remember what happened, it was, uh, Texas went down to freezing temperatures, which is not the norm for them. And their power grid system is privatized. It does not run on the same power grid system as the rest of the United States. I'm not even going to get into the whole politics of that because it literally makes my blood boil. But so many people, like millions of people were without power for days, not hours, days. People literally died in their homes from, hypothermia. That is insane to me that in 2021 that can happen. Even people who didn't die, like truly so many of my friends were displaced. Like their pipes burst because of the freezing, um, pipes would burst in apartment complexes. And I mean, just apartments and homes were completely ruined overnight. Um, everyone's lives were just flips upside down and it was just completely at random who was affected and who wasn't. So I have friends who still to this day are missing ceilings in their apartment as they're being fixed. And is the apartment paying for them to pay, stay in a hotel? No, they're not. Like it's a liability nightmare. And when I went back, you know, some of my friends were saying, oh yeah, I didn't have hot water until a couple days ago. I was like, are you kidding me? So here's the thing. All of my friends are going to be fine. They have the money to stay in a hotel if they need to. They have family in town that they can stay with. They know a lot of people. And I just could not get past the thought that like Jesus Christ, so many people will not recover from this. There are so many vulnerable communities who will not bounce back from this. People who do not speak the language, do not have family there, do not have, 
the financial situation to be able to all of a sudden pick everything up and have all these expenses. Like some people's electrical bills were like thousands of dollars. And I, I'm sure that's not something that's easy to resolve. And, um, you know, it's just there's so many factors that um, I felt really enraged reading about all of this fucking Ted Cruz went to Cancun like this governor I mean mayor of Colorado City Texas went on a Facebook rampage saying the city owes you nothing you are weak if you can't provide for your family and I was like holy shit like there are so many people who this is a crisis to them and their government that's supposed to take care of them are mocking them and I just really was out of my body about it. I was like, I I can't even believe that. And I felt powerless. And the thing, no pun intended, I, you know, the thing is the weather in Texas is, you know, just a mess. It was 70 degrees four days later. And just like that, everyone just moved on. And I was like, but for so many people, they're probably still to this day really struggling. And like maybe on the streets now with their family because of that. Like there's a lot of people who live right above the poverty line And that could have been something that kicked them into it, you know? And it's just, I couldn't, especially with, I mean, I have to be honest, it was extra personal understanding that I'm dealing with some trauma from my past that is really difficult to go through. Recovering from trauma, no, that did not traumatize everybody, but it's a crisis and it could very well cause trauma in people's lives and it mangles your brain. Um, It's just a, a hard, hard thing to recover from. You know, I have all the resources and all the time to be able to sit with a therapist. I have a great therapist and I can afford to go and I have health insurance and things like that. And, but it still is excruciating to try and heal from this stuff and to think about being a family who can't afford this kind of stuff. And you're trying to just be on the brink of insanity every single day. And you just have to white knuckle it. They don't get to just quit their job and be like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to work at a bar instead and do this. A lot of people don't have that option. And I could not get over that. So I kind of melded the two ideas back to the puzzle thing. Like I said, all, it's all going to loop back. What I want to do is I want to start a small business um, where, you know, the first product we're going to make is puzzles and they're going to be vibey and cool and, you know, things like that. But a part of the proceeds are going to go towards helping people put the pieces of their life back together after crisis. Like, you know, we see all these things happen, just tragedy left and motherfucking right. And all these people's names, like they're in headlines. And as you know, as the headlines move on to the next tragedy, these people are just forgotten. And that is so gut-wrenching to me. And I want those people, I want to put something into the world that contributes to the idea and the cause of these people being seen and someone doing something and reaching out. And like, listen, I'm not going to start a small business that's going to cure everything. I'm really not. And I don't know how this is all going to work. Um, I don't know how to do much of what I'm about to do, but I'm going to figure it out because I really feel a connection to being someone who sees them. Um, And even if I can't fix everything, if it can just lighten someone's load even slightly, I care about that. So um, (laughs) to be honest, I uh, have talked with a few friends about this. I don't know that much about graphic design and branding. You know, I know a little bit, but it's not my profession. Uh, I don't know a lot about distribution and supply chain. Um, things like that. I, I'm 
just wanted to kind of give an open invitation to whoever's listening to this. I am currently interviewing people um, in a bunch of different areas of what this will take to get done. And uh, I, I need consultants. I need people to help me with this, possibly partner. I'm looking for people to collaborate with this on. I know I can't fully do this by myself. Um, so I just want to kind of outsource this. If this is something that really connects for you, um, let's get in touch. I really would love to chat. What I'm calling it is um, back together. I really am passionate about helping people put the pieces of their life back together. Um, and a bit of a play on words, you know, because puzzles, putting them back together, you know. And I also want this to be an incredibly therapy positive organization. Going through therapy, it is very, I've never done therapy this long in my life. And it really is looking at your life as a puzzle and starting to put the pieces together of like, why do I completely lose my shit sometimes? Why does this happen? Like figuring out your habits, where they stem from, where you learned them, why your coping mechanisms got you through certain things and how you can like elevate to healthier levels of taking care of yourself. And it really is just a lot of stepping back and putting things back together again, um, really reconstructing your life. And I, I want it to be something that also helps connect people to resources, you know, me and all my friends, we have resources available to do therapy. Um, but it's sometimes like you, you put yourself out of touch with it because you're like, oh, like, I don't even really know where to start. And I thought that therapy was like $100 a session, but I found out through my insurance, it's actually only $25 copay a session. And I was like, oh, wait, that's way more affordable than I thought. So, you know, things like that and just kind of putting people in connection with whether you've gone through crisis or not, proceeds are going towards helping people put their pieces of their life back together after crisis. But the organization as a whole is also going to say, hey, let's look at your life. Like, is do you feel like you need to put things back together? Um, Here's some resources to connect you to. Also, it's also just a cool puzzle company. Shit's going to be vibey as fuck. And I can't wait. I already have such visions of the kind of the first models I want to put out. And I'm stoked. I have a couple friends who are really big into puzzles, like more than I am. And they're like, okay, it has to be like this and this, and it can't be like this. And I swear if the texture isn't like this, I won't buy it. So I'm having people help me with that too. Um, but yeah, I just, this is something I'm passionate about. It's called back together, all one word. I'm pretty stoked about it. And, uh, it's, it's forthcoming. The LLC is, uh, the paperwork is, with the uh, secretary of state right now, it's, you know, I'm, I'm doing all the business things and figuring out how to run a business, which is kind of out of my wheelhouse. But you know what? I'm going to figure it out because I want to create something that I really believe in. Um, so ultimately, more than anything, that was the final, final switch. Other than listening to my body, I was like, I, I, I want to do this. I went back to Dallas and told all my good friends that I ran into. I was like, listen, I think I want to start this. And the more I talked about it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to quit. This is, this is what I'm going to do. It felt, gave me purpose again. And that's part of what has helped me get back to myself. Let's take a quick little break here and uh, have a word from one of our sponsors. Psych bitch got you again. I do not have any sponsors yet for this podcast, but here's how I can do this for a living one day and make this a stream of income would love that journey so much for me. And I can get discount codes for you guys one day. All you have to do is rate this podcast, review this podcast, write a review for it, subscribe to it. It'll let you know when there's a new episode. Here's how we can do that. I can get codes for you guys. It can be a swipe up person. Uh, and I will say, I promise to never be that 
fucking obnoxious person who just becomes like ad, 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 ad. No shade on that, but that's not really my style. But, you know, here's the thing. Sponsorships can be really cool. Partnering with brands that I really believe in can be really cool. Let's review it. Let's rate it. Let's subscribe to it. These kind of things matter. So, you know, smash that like button. Thanks so much. Okay, back to it. There's this random detail about the whole quitting thing that I found kind of wild. Literally a month and a half ago or so, I was DMing with one of my friends. Um, We both worked at that same company. And I don't know what led me to it, but I was like, hey, bitch, can you like keep a secret? And she was like, oh my God, what? And I was like, I'm quitting our company on this date. She was like, shut up. I literally had a dream last night that you quit. And I was like, wait, bitch, are you a witch? Because I am going to quit. And we just couldn't uh, like that was another little sign. I'm going to be totally honest. I was like, wait, that's kind of wild. So, you know, the more you kind of look for it, there really are signs everywhere for things that kind of make sense. No, I'm not going to quit my job solely on someone saying they had a fucking dream about me quitting. But I will say I did find it interesting. All right. It was just an interesting little part of the story. Okay. Um, Something else that when I was thinking of the name for this puzzle product, um, I was really inspired by the quote, when you have more than you need, build a bigger table, not a higher fence. So I wanted to call it bigger table. I was like, oh, people are going to think it's bigger table. Like, yeah, it's a puzzle. You need a bigger table. But no, it's actually derived from the quote about, hey, listen, when you have more than you need, when more than you need, you give back. Um, turns out a huge nonprofit already claimed that idea. So I was like, fuck. Like I told all my friends, I was like, dude, and the name is so sick. And they're like, oh, dude, that's perfect. And then I was like, I should check and make sure no one has that uh, handle on Instagram. And I was like, oh, great. They want a people's choice. I wear. They're like a huge nonprofit. Awesome. So I instead of getting discouraged, I was like, you know what? That just means that I had a really fucking good idea and I'll think of another one. So the next time that you get discouraged and feel like you thought of something and you realize someone else is already doing it, it means you're on the right track. Keep going. And you know, like the past year, has just been so eye-opening how divided we all are, how many things are just so fucked that we're uncovering and learning about things that have just been hidden and um, a lot of systems that are really broken. And I just was so sick of feeling so incredibly powerless as I read all these news stories. And I'm like, God, like there's just so much happening. And if we all do a little bit of our part and try and do something, it's not going to add up. Like I said, this, this company, this small business is not going to solve any major problem, but I, I just wanted to be part of, I wanted to take 2020 and react to it in a way that was different and something that felt like a change. And, um, I feel really connected to this idea. And another thing that I also want to just give an open invite to is, raising capital. I am going to be raising capital for this. I, I just, I, I don't know if this is too out there to say, but if you're interested in chatting about being a financially a part of funding this, let me know. I, I'm also interviewing people for that. So I'm excited about it. It's going to be the fucking bomb. It's really going to be a huge project I'm working on for the next, um, I'm just kind of building that for the next couple months. I have no idea how long this will take. I'm sure it's, I'm biting off a bit more than I can chew, but you know what? I keep seeing these articles about like, Hey, no one knows what they're doing. You don't know what you don't know until you do it. So I'm just going to throw myself into this and we're going to see what happens.
So I wanted to close out on uh, the story of how I got fired because listen, I actually know like five or six people just in my circle who uh, are like not my media circle, but just in my network of people I know who were fired for the exact same reason as me. And we are all like in hiding. Like we don't talk about it. Like it's just very like, Ooh, shit. Because here's the thing. I fucked up. Like I made a huge mistake. And I, as soon as it happened, I was like, this is going to haunt me for years. I wondered how I was ever going to interview again. Um, it was a very sobering moment for me. So long story short, I really worked for a great company. I'm not even being an ass kisser when I say that. It was a great company. They had everything down pat. They already were kind of remote before COVID because they're spread across the country. So they had ample systems in place too. If you ever fell behind, there were so many um, nets to catch you, so many different support systems. Um, they really had it all figured out. I started to fall behind and... To be honest, I just was a scared to admit how far behind I was because I didn't want someone to be like, well, how long have you been this far behind? Like, you know, I was just like, oh, God. But more than not, I did not have the energy. I did not want to put in the energy to fix it because, you know, they, they empower you with everything you need to catch back up if you fall behind. But it is on you. You're still your own person to say, Hey, listen, I'm lost. Could you, could you sit with me through this? And I, I want to understand this and this. And I just did not do that. I was burnt out. Staffing industry is very difficult. Um, it's, I was just ripping coldies all day, cold calling executives, getting hung up on like, which is part of it. I, I understand that that's part of sales and that part didn't bug me as much. I just was six months in, I still hadn't gotten a sale and I was like, Oh my God. And working from home just I don't, I feel like I was on a different planet as people who loved working from home. I, oh my God, like hate work from home. It just, I, I, even in my first studio when COVID first hit, it was a micro studio. I was working from my couch every day. I was like, I don't even have room to make like a work setup. It was just a lot. So I started to burn out, did not take responsibility for how far behind I was falling. Uh, long story short, we had to do 80 tasks a day and log it in the CRM. And I would go down the wrong rabbit hole, like research someone way too much or just get lost in like, I was doing tech staffing sales. I don't know what impression I gave them to make them think I was smart enough to do that sector, but I had to do cloud and data science and like infra infrastructure and things like that. It was, oof, there were so many words that I thought just meant internet. It was a big learning experience for me. Still could honestly barely explain a lot of the things I was selling. Um, <laughs> a lot of the positions that I was trying to recruit for, but I, um, was kind of going through the motions and I would work, I would literally get to five o'clock and I'd be like, what the fuck? I've only done 52 activities. Like how are people doing a hundred or 120? I, I don't, I don't get it. And I just started being like, okay, I'm going to log, you know, log these 52 and I have, you know, 28 left. I'm just going to take a few hours off and I'll come back. And I would work from nine to midnight, like boomeranging emails and like doing all that. And I just couldn't, I, I just was overwhelmed all the time. And I, um, then I kind of started to say like, oh, I'll say I did these 30 emails and I'll just do it later. And that turned into is anyone going to notice that I don't send these? Like, is this that life threatening that I'm not sending these 30 emails? And honestly, like it was, um, not a week or two later from the time I started really just cutting corners and being like, 
straight up lying and saying I did something that I just did not do and I had not planned on doing um, just to be completely transparent and um, a week or two later I got caught I (laughs) this was dumb but I didn't know that my outlook was like tied to my CRM that's in hindsight that's a duh thing but um, yeah I you know got caught immediately tried to be like uh it was like two emails that were missing and you know as soon as they got uncovered I had an opportunity to continue lying and say like try to cover it up and I just was like listen Uh, I lied at first and I was like oh uh, that's weird and I hung up and I called him right back I was like hey those emails don't exist I have not sent them I am really far behind. Um, I, I don't even really know what to say because I know what that meant. I knew that I had seen people all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, what happened to so-and-so? And they're like, oh, yeah, they were fired for CRM integrity. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> and um, I all of a sudden was like, fuck, this is I knew what this meant. And I was like, for what it's worth, I, I would love a second chance. And, you know, they were really the person I told was very cool about it. He's like, I appreciate you telling me uh, that's not my decision to make. Let me get back with you. One hour later, I got a team's invite for a meeting with him and an HR representative. And I was fired just just like that. It was a very, very surreal moment. Like I spent months being like, I'm going to be fired because I suck at this job. Like I need to get it together. And then it started turning into if I'm going to be fired, why am I working this hard? Like, what am I doing? And I just was putting such undue pressure on myself that the company was not putting on me, that I just snapped and I acted outside of who I am. I am not a liar. That's the thing. Like I really, my parents raised me to be like, hey, listen, like one of the biggest things they taught me was if you lie, it always catches up to you. You will never outrun a lie. And I believe that. So I just was kind of playing with fire. And um, I was very surreal for that actually to happen and it be ripped out from underneath me. And I was like, this is my fault. Like I, I could try and victimize myself like, well, 2020 was really hard and I didn't know. And like, this is hard. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, the, the industry was completely upside down at the time, but I was like, it doesn't matter. I still could have a bowed out. I could have admitted, Hey, this is beyond my bandwidth. I can't do this job. Can I transfer to a different job? Like I could have taken a risk and said like, Hey, this is not working for me. I need to find a job elsewhere, which would have been hard, but I, there are things I could have done other than lying. And, um, it it was just this moment that I started to think like I panicked over like, what is, what are people going to think of this? And that became a big like swirl of fear and like, oh, fuck, like I would be trying to move on. Like I, you know, got the job with my previous company. I knew my life wasn't going to fall apart. And so it just felt like this odd, like a car crash. And everything was just when I closed my laptop after that meeting, it was the most silent I was in all of 2020. I was just like, whoa, (laughs) um, I really was like, who's going to hire me ever knowing that I did this? Like, how am I ever going to explain this in an interview? I I don't know what to say. I don't know if I should lie again. I don't like lying and I don't want this to be something I have to lie about for the rest of my life. And you know what? Like, I just had this moment where I had to reel it back in and say, okay, what do I think about this? A, I had to really fiercely reevaluate my relationship with money because 
bitch, people in staffing sales make stupid fuck you money. Like I had no idea whenever I started to interview, I thought that that was such a random job. And then I found out some of the compensation structures and I was like, holy shit. And it kind of reminded me of locating where just this uncapped potential. I was very drawn to that. So I was just making myself miserable um, and lying, acting outside of my character of truly who I am, because I was like, whatever, I just need to get to my first sale and get some momentum and whatever, you know, I just need to get through it. I need to white knuckle it. And, um, it, it was very eye opening that I was like, whoa, like, yes, money matters in a pandemic. It, it's, it, you know, you want to try and stay in your job and you want to just try and make things work. And, but I was very drawn to how much money I could make. I was nowhere near willing to, uh, visit another the idea of another position because I was like no I, I really want to be able to have the freedom that that much money can give me and I, I just lost myself in that so I had to be like I would rather do something where you know it's not uh, you know I would rather be myself um, and not have to sacrifice who I am uh, and again it was self-inflicted no one was putting that pressure on me to do to lie or to do these things it really I just made the wrong choice and I, it took me like a week to tell my parents. I was like, yeah, so I got vibes. <laughs> and it was, I would go through like the, that whole week. I would be trying to kind of like, okay, I got to move on. And I'd be watching TV and I'd be like, oh, fuck. What about that guy in accounting who I was friends with? Like, what's he going to think of me? I kind of looked up to him. Like, is he going to think I'm a fucking moron? Like, just, I, I weighed people's opinions so heavily and I had to, just turn that off and say, you know what? I know what I think about it. I'm a human who is allowed to make mistakes and I'm capable of learning from them. And this is a big mistake, but it's not a defining moment in my life. I know plenty of people have been fired. I, a handful of people have been fired for this exact same thing. Um, I've just been quietly com- like connecting with them about that over the pandemic. Like, bitch, did, didn't that happen to you too? Like, what the fuck are we going to do? Um, but people get fired and it's this really, sh- it shakes you up um, and it makes you scared for what this means about you. And um, I had to really concretely think, what do I think about this? It is up to me to move on. I cannot just walk on the stilts of what everyone else thinks about this for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, I just wanted to thank that there was like five or six people in leadership I really looked up to and had great relationships with. And I just felt like I hadn't let someone down like that in a long time that I respected. And so I sent emails. I was like, I'm not going to victimize myself. I will get nowhere by doing that. I'm just going to feel the brunt of this and own it and then move on. Um, so I sent emails saying like, hey, listen, I, I wanted to personally reach out and apologize for my lapse in judgment. I will not soon forget what it feels like to disappoint someone I respect so much. Um, thank you for everything, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of just sent those for my own peace of mind. I was like, you know what? That feels authentic to me. And, you know, closed my computer and was like, okay, like kind of the shaking my coffee cup after I sent them. And, uh, it was, I was wildly touched by the fact that I heard back from every single one of them. Like, Hey, if you ever need a recommendation, please let me know. Like, we know you're going to do great things no matter what it is. Don't dwell on this. Like we can't wait to see what you do next. And it just, we hope you understand, um, you know, they're, they're a great company and they, they have a code of ethics that I violated, you know? And so it was, I really came to terms with moving on before I even got the replies, but it just, it helped to have people who I respected just remind me like, Hey, this is not the end of your life. Like I had to remind myself like good things will still happen to me. It just felt like, um, facing a, 
not facing a fear. There was nothing heroic about it. I came face to face with a fear of getting fired and being completely my fault. And I'm okay. Um, I'm still going to have a career that I believe in. And, you know, I'm a person who makes mistakes. And if I do ever <clears throat> am in a situation or I'm interviewing for something and they, that's a deal breaker for them, then you know what? Then that's that's going to just be how it is. Um, so if you've ever been fired um, or if you get fired and need to revisit this episode sometime, you're going to dust yourself back off. Do not victimize yourself. Do not try and blame it on other things. Take responsibility for it. Really digest what happened and move forward with your life. Um, so now my career is a bit different for a bit this transition phase. You know, like what I'm doing, I'm uh, kind of slinging vodka sodas for a while here now. I literally have my new server joke is um, when they're like, oh, my God, like, what should I drink? What do you guys have? I'm like, first of all, go fuck yourself. Um, uh, like when I'm literally run at one point I was jogging the other day between tables because I was so busy and this girl's like, I don't know, like, what do you think I should drink? I was like, I don't know, bleach. Like, um, so she was like, what should I get? I get that question a lot. And I'm like, well, we do have, you know, a house recipe for vodka soda. It's been in the family for years. And I love when I can immediately tell that they're just dead behind the eyes. They're like, oh, that's crazy. Like, what's so different about it? I'm like, okay. That's my server joke. You didn't get it. One of my other server jokes is, hey, guys, like, thanks so much for coming in. I'm Megan, but I go by hey for short. Gets a laugh like third of the time. Love those odds for me. It's basically like this game where I'm like, I just am going to kind of run around this bar. And it's a game of making my tables think that I'm funny. That's kind of how I got through my shifts. <laughs> um, so that's what's new with me. Um the the last two weeks of my life since I quit that job have been really different. I'm coming back uh, to myself. I really kind of lost myself for a bit, but uh, I always come back. And I have this vision for my life that I won't, words would cheapen it. Um, it it's just this really clear vision that I have of there are some wildly large things I want to accomplish in my life. And I am starting to really claim that and claim that that's something I can do. And these goals I want to, I envision myself, I have this weird vision that I'm going to live to 106. I don't know why, but I really just have started to connect more with who I will be in that moment and what I will look back on and what I want to leave behind. Um, so, you know, I have huge things planned and not that I think, I, I think the other day I finally was like, it's not that I think that highly of myself that I can do all these astronomical things. Um, but I just think that highly of the power and the pull of an idea. There is such a flow to that. So I'm doing everything I can to really lean into what flows right now. And, um, I'm going to try more days than not to lean into this vision and trust the power that visions and ideas and believing in something can have. Uh, so that is what's going on with me. That's what I'm going to be leaning into. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think it's going to be fun. So stick around. Um, thanks so much for listening to Since Nobody Asked. I'm Megan Keveny. I really hope you have a fantastic rest of your week.